Hello, my friends. It's Ryan from the Prolific Creator Podcast. Now, many of you have asked, hey, Ryan, how do I support the show? Well, I finally listened. Starting today, you can subscribe to the Prolific Creator Plus on ACAST Plus for $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. No apps to download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Get access to the entire archive of Prolific Creator Awesomeness. Over 160 episodes going back to 2017. Yes, that's right, my friends. A plethora of information and inspiration, tips, tricks, and interviews to get your art and work into the world. Remember those ads? Say bye, bye, bye. Wait, there's more. For $5 a month, you can get access to the full prolific creator experience. This includes the full archives, early access to episodes, listener Q&A, book and movie reviews, and interviews not for the public, and perhaps any other awesomeness I might do on the microphone. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, it does, Ryan. If you want to listen for free, you'll notice the last 50 episodes or so will always be available wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, by subscribing today, you don't have to download any new apps, and you can simply keep listening on the podcast platform you prefer. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. Episode number 37, the Prolific Writer Podcast. Boyd Craven stops by the show. Are you going to be ready when the apocalypse comes? Welcome to the Prolific Writer Podcast, where speed's the name of the game. Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips, and advice on writing fast, writing often, and writing well. So you can do the same. Here's Ryan. Well, hello, hello, hello. This is your Prolific Writer Podcast host, Ryan J. Pelton, and I am so glad that you are here. The podcast dedicated to helping you write fast, write often, and write well, however you found us. If you're on the treadmill, you're in the car, you're on the commute, listening on the iTunes, on the Stitcher, on the SoundCloud, Google Play, wherever you found us. Really glad that you're here. It's your first time to the show, and I'm really glad that you decide to listen in. However, you got the word that we talk about writing fast and often and well, and we have some of the most prolific writers on the planet that I get the privilege to talk to, and I give some of my own little nuggets of writerly truth and goodness and insight and a lot of other good stuff. We're, we're here to inspire you, give you actionable advice, practical advice to take your writing career to the next level. If you are a beginner, an aspiring prolific writer, if you are a veteran, if you are killing it out in the world and you're publishing books like a crazy person, this show's for you as well. And today I have Boyd Craven on the show and I'm looking forward to sharing my interview. He stopped by the show and dropped some great writerly goodness, sage advice. Boyd writes dystopian fiction and a lot of prepper fiction and some good stuff doing well making a living has a great story urban farmer quits the day job becomes a full-time writer and he's cranking out the books over 20 books out in the world and before we get to the interview a couple little things i would like to 
let you know about is today's show is brought to you by the prolific writer.net, which is the website podcast company that I founded. And so today I just wanted to let you know, because we did revamp our website and it's a long time coming and we should have done that a long time ago. And I want to let you know a couple of goodies on the website. So if you go to the prolificwriter.net, the prolificwriter.net, and right on the front page, there's a couple free tools that I want you to know about. And one of these tools or two of these tools or three of these tools might be helpful. So there's there's three biggies right there. And I've mentioned these before on the show. If you've been listening, if it's your first time, hey, there you go. There's a free email mini course a writing hacks course. So if you feel like you're stuck, you're not sure how to get unstuck, how to get those words on the page. I have, I have five little hacks, little writing hacks to get you unstuck. And I think you're going to enjoy those. So go check that out right on the front page there. You'll see it there. Just drop an email and I will happily send you five days of writerly goodness. And then I got two free cheat sheets I think will be helpful for you. And, and hopefully they, they serve you and help you in a million ways. One is an outline uh, outlining start to finish. It's it's a cheat sheet that you can get those words on the page, get that outline written and get that project going. It, it asks a lot of questions and it's very actionable. You actually write in where you're going, whether you write n- fiction or nonfiction. I think you're going to really enjoy that. Uh, the whole point is is something that's that's quick and easy just to get you kind of in that mindset, get you writing those those words, getting those words down, writing those books, publishing those works. So check that out, outlining start to finish. And then one other thing is uh, I mentioned the mini course, I mentioned the outline. And, and then the other one is a little thing I, I, I did and I, I give it to my guests and, and they've enjoyed it. It's it's 10 daily confessions for the prolific writer. And, and these are like 10 principles, 10 mantras that you need in your arsenal of writing. A lot of writing is is mindset. And these are 10 things that, that we live by. These are 10 things that, that we think are essential for being a prolific writer, for, for writing those words, getting those words out in the world. So just drop an email. We'll get those, those freebies, those tools and help you out in your writing here to serve you. Hey, leave some feedback, leave a comment on the website, hit me up on social media. Um, you can find me at Ryan J. Pelton or writer prolific. Twitter, Facebook, I'm all over the place. You can uh, can find me out there. I'd love to hear your feedback on those those little resources. So, so with that, that's all I have. I want to get to this interview with Boyd Craven. You're going to love this interview. And without further ado, here is Boyd. Well, welcome everyone to the Prolific Writer Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan J. Pelton, and today we have a wonderful guest, and we're doing a retake. We had some technical difficulties a couple weeks ago, so Boyd Craven Craven is on the show, and Boyd Craven has penned over 20 books over the last two years, uh, taking the plunge into publishing. His World Burn series has hit the top 10 in the dystopian genre in the U.S., the U.K., Canada, and Australia. Boyd has made his home in Michigan with his wonderful wife, and about a million kids, but travels to Texas to visit family as frequently as possible. So Boyd, fill in any gaps, anything that I've missed, say hello to our audience. Hi, everyone. (laughs) I don't know if, uh, I don't know, talking about myself isn't easy all the time, but I think you kind of hit the high points. 
Well, good, good, good. I know it mentioned that you take trips to Texas, and actually your last trip to Texas is what stumped us up on the technology. So we're glad that you're back in Michigan and glad that you're on the show. So you write in dystopian genre. That's kind of your thing, your passion, where you've made had success. So what does that mean to you? Why this genre? Um, as a kid growing up, I was always into like Boy Scouts and outdoor stuff. And even when I was a kid, you know, I was making kits. And so it was real natural, like when you know, people started talking about survivalists and prepping and stuff like that. It's like, that's the kind of stuff I'd always grew up doing. You know, it's just kind of a thing. So I started writing about it and I wasn't having any expectations that it would sell and it took off and it really uh, surprised me. Well, I think that's an interesting story because, you know, we all have these kind of, you know, how did we get started writing? What drew us to writing? And you really, it seems like, you know, I'm looking at your blog, following your career and, you know, you don't always write about writing, but you, you write about some, you know, survival things and, and, you know, dystopian kind of thematic things. I think that's really, really important as writers, not to think that we have to always talk about writing per se, um, but the things that you're passionate about, the things that, that interest you. So as a writer, what was kind of the eureka moment um, when you told yourself, you know, I think I can do this. I want to do this. T tell us a little bit about that. Walk us through that. Um, I was um, working with an urban farm here in Flint, and I'd been writing and publishing for a couple years at that point. But um, it was my first jump into the post-APOC world. And I had a friend that's like, are you paying attention to your numbers? And I'm like, no. You know, it's just I put a story out there and with no expectations, just, you know, wanted to do something different. And um, it took off selling. And when it got to the point that I was making four to five to six times a month what I was bringing in, you know, I had to make the choice. Did it make sense to stay or go? Now, growing up or, or rewinding, you know, before urban farming and, uh, and you know, your writing stories and things like that. I mean, was there, was there something in you that said, you know, someday I, I just want to write stories. I want to make a living writing stories. Or is it just kind of, well, you know, I love writing stories. If I ever get paid, that's fine. Where, where were you at in that regard? Well, my parents brought home an old XT computer. And I know that's going to date me a little bit. <clears throat> but... Uh... You know, that's the first thing I did when they fired it up is I got the word processor going and started writing. And I mean, you know, I'm hunting and pecking back in the day, and I don't remember why I, I wanted to get going, but I've always loved reading. So writing just kind of seemed like an extension of that. When it came to actual publishing, though, I didn't start doing that until 2011, 2012. So we all have writing publishing failures that it's not all positive it's not all making money it's not all you know doing living our dreams share with us one of your biggest writing failures and then tell us a little bit what you learned from that experience um well i can tell you right now um i've had far more failures than i've had uh wins so i i've just learned how to fail a little bit less with each time but the biggest one i think is um my post-apoc was going really well. The novels were taking off good. 
the world burns was going good and for a nano project i uh i wrote a mystery and i didn't quite get it right and my fan base is expecting a different kind of book so i spent a whole bunch of time and effort and money and editing and you know to get this book really nice and perfect and i think i sold like 10 copies the first week so for me that was uh and and i think that was the highlight of that book so now if people aren't familiar um NaNoWriMo is the national novel writing month and every november crazy people like myself and others have and yourself have decided to write a novel in a month 50,000 words um Talk us through the process of, so you're writing dystopian, that's kind of your niche, that's kind of, or niche, however pretentious you are, um, and you decide, I'm going to write a mystery. What what was kind of the thinking behind that? Is that a genre that you enjoy reading or just something you wanted to try? Talk a little bit about that. Um, if you write the same thing over and over and over, um, at least for me, I start to get a little bit burned out. So I like to have fun with stuff and I like to try different things. And, you know, I read everything from thrillers to mysteries to cozies to, you know, shoot 'em ups to post-APOC to, you know, everything. You know, I'm, I'm one of those annoying guys that'll read a documentary just because it's interesting to me. So um, for me, writing outside of my genre just kind of seemed like a natural thing to do. Uh, and I still do it, but now I know better and use a pen name and curb my expectations yeah, I think that's important. Um, you know, we have a ton of writers that listen to the show, obviously, all at different places, beginners, advanced, starting out. And I think one of the challenges is to know which genre to write in. Do I write in just one? Do I write in five? Do I use a pen name? I think that's always a tricky thing. And I, I don't know if anyone's ever really nailed it down. Um, but I think you sharing your failures and saying, you know, for me, this is where it went wrong is that there was expectations from my audience and I didn't meet those expectations and it just didn't work. Yep. And I, and I still do that. I mean, I just put a book out that I'm not sure if it's going to do well or not. That's outside of my normal genre, but it's, you know, it's always fun to play around and experiment because you never know. You might, you know, you might get your readers interested in it and that might launch you into the rankings well enough to get, new readers that have never seen or heard of you before. And then you get that whole, everyone comes to your back list and you know, it's a new sales funnel. So I, I still play around and experiment, but I just try to be realistic with my expectations. And, and it sounds like a, a little bit, I could be totally wrong on this. Um, but it, it seems like when you start in a genre and you write a lot of books in one genre, um, it's hard to break out of that. I know many authors have decided from day one, I'm going to be multi-genre put out a lot of stuff and kind of let my just stories kind of be my brand and things. But I think it is hard to pivot when you have so many stories. I think people look at Stephen King and they see a guy who's, you know, he really has written a lot of things outside of his horror genre. Actually his most popular stuff sometimes is outside, you know, uh, green mile and Shawshank redemption and you know, all those things. Um, but he had a name and that's the difference. I mean, he had, you know, millions of fans. So I think he could have probably written the phone book and people would have bought his books. Um, so I think there's some, yeah, some wisdom here of just thinking through where you're at in your career. You know, are you going to write in one genre? Are you going to get bored with that genre? You kind of have to know yourself, you know, are you going to just start from the beginning testing some things? Um, so yeah. And one of the things I wish I would have realized is how to do, how to analyze my market better. 
how big is my market potentially, you know, and what are those reader expectations right off the start? Um, because we had a few big names in post-APOC and dystopian, and I write more prepper fiction, you know, which isn't even really a subcategory, but it's got its own type of readers. Um, knowing that, I think when you're writing a book, you know, you can still write the book of your heart, but you can, you know, as long as you're writing the book with your market in mind, I think you can have a better opportunity at being discovered and selling more books and breaking out or whatever your goal is in writing. You know, maybe it's just to be read. I mean, everyone's goals are different. Yeah, I think that's really, really important. Uh, yeah, I was just reading this marketing book. It's interesting. He was talking about how, you know, if you want to reach more clients or more, you know, readers in our case, is sometimes you have to change the categories. And so instead of saying, you know, I'm going to be a science fiction author, which is very broad, you you kind of niche that down and say, I'm going to I'm going to be a science fiction author that writes only you know, um, you know, whatever subgenre that is, you know, the military sci-fi or whatever. And and I think people are having some success where they're, you know, I'm going to write a thriller. Well, you're not going to be Lee child. You're not going to be, you know, so how can you kind of niche that down to find a, a different audience that maybe doesn't want the typical commercial Lee child book, but has something very interesting, you know, prepper thrillers or something. I'm just making stuff up, but, but yeah, I think there's some great wisdom there. So oh, I, I wish I would have figured that out sooner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and thanks for being vulnerable and sharing that. Cause I think a lot of writers need to hear that is that it's, it's a lot of experimentation, a lot of falling on our faces, but um, learning how to just keep on going and learning from that. So give us a nugget of writer truth um, in, in specifically, how do you write at such a high clip? You, you've written over 20 books in the last couple years. So give us maybe some, some writer truth. Give us a little kind of daily routine. How do, how do you kind of get into the, the writer mindset? How do you crank out the words like you, like you do um, and, and produce so, much, so many stories into the world? <clears throat> well... I could tell you how my process originally developed and everyone's going to be a little bit different. But when I was working full time, I had to carve out time in the day for me to write because when I got home from the farm, I was too tired and there was a lot of nights I fell asleep sitting up in my chair. Um, I was just too tired, too sore. I couldn't do it, but I still wanted to write. So I started getting up even earlier in the mornings to do it. And I had two hours. And when I got home from work, if there wasn't a, you know, function for the kids or anyone else, you know, I might relax a little bit and kick my feet up and hopefully not fall asleep before I said my good nights to everyone. Um, so for me, I really had to get more efficient. Um, I'm not the fastest typist. Um, you know, back in the day, I could type 80 to 90 words per minute, uh, you know, back in school when I learned on an IBM. Um, but when I'm right now, when I'm like, and there's two types of writing, and I'm sure everyone's familiar with pantsing and, you know, plotting. When I pants a story um, and I've timed it, I get about 42 words per minute on average. Um, and that isn't that isn't super fast compared to a lot of people. What I do that gets my mindset back into that, you know, two-hour window I had when I was still um, working somewhere else was I started doing writing sprints. And I track everything. Um, 
I start at this time, I end at this time. You know, I always try to go for 25 minutes of sprinting, five minutes of break. You know, stand up, shake your hands out, go to the bathroom, answer the phone, check Facebook. And then when that five minutes is done, you close it out and you start your timer again and you go. The thing, though, is you got to record your word counts, starting and stopping. And for me, I noticed that my word counts consistently were better first thing in the mornings. And this, and there's a few books out there that kind of explained what I stumbled on a little bit, and then I used those books to further refine it. Um, the big one for me was Rachel Aaron's 2K to 10K. Um, and experimenting, you know, once I went full-time, experimenting to find out when my optimal time of data write was. And in 25 minutes, you know, you put out between, I don't know, 1,200 words an hour. You know, if you're only working four and a half hours a day on just the writing portion of it, you know, how many sprints is that? You know, it ends up being like nine sprints. So, and that's going slow. I mean, that's going at my 42 words per minute. So... What I hear you saying is sprints um, are more efficient going faster. Now, you started to say that you, when you didn't use an outline, you were going 42. Mm-hmm. Now, so you're, are you saying you use an outline and then you go faster? Did I miss that? I go, yeah, I go about 65 words a minute with an outline. Okay. What, what really helps me, though, too, is if I get stuck on something is I'll, uh, I'll take out my recorder or I'll turn on Dragon and I'll start walking around and dictating a little bit until the story starts flowing again and experimenting with drag and I can hit some really insane word counts, but I can't talk that long. No. And I, I hear you saying it's, it's good. Which is why to, in this interview, I'm probably going to drink a whole bottle of water. Yeah, Go ahead. No problem. Uh, it's important. I think to what I'm hearing saying is to experiment and to find out what works for you and sprints. Uh, we just had a guest on Monica mm-hmm. Lionel and she was talking about writing sprints, the Pomodoro technique, doing 25 minute sprints, taking a break and how that's really helped her kind of up her, her writing speed. Now I, I hear, I hear really interesting cause I want to encourage our audience is you talked about not being a fast typist. And I think a lot of people think to be prolific and to write a lot of stories and produce a lot of, a lot of books is that you have to write really fast. And even if you typed 40 words a minute, um, you know, if you multiply that out, you know, two hours a day, um, you know, 365 days of the year, obviously we take vacations and breaks and things. I mean, we're talking hundreds of thousands of words, you know, even a million words in a year. Um, and so again, it's not just, I got to write faster. I got to type faster. Um, I just might have to do more sprints. I might have to find more time to get those words out. And then over time you realize, man, I, I could do 10 books a year if I really put my head down. And, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, thanks for, for sharing that a little bit. And, and I, and I love the evolution of your process. Cause I, I think a lot of writers, they start, they don't know where to start. They just kind of go. And then you find out, Hey, maybe there's a way to be more, like you said, be more efficient. Cause I only have so much time in the day. Mm-hmm. Well, so, the struggle to go, oh, go full ahead. time was an accident. So for me, originally the struggle was to get, to get the story finished. And now I've I've taken that now that I'm full time to try to put out more stories. Yeah, and I think that's good having the end in mind. I think some people they start a story and they they're not really thinking about finishing. They're they're thinking about starting. They have an idea, but but this idea of like actually I want to get to the end um, sometimes eludes us. Um, 
So thanks for sharing that. Um, so kind of along the same line of, of just kind of your routine, the things you're learning, what are you learning about the craft? Um, and and I, I would include things I like to talk about and our audience likes to hear about is craft, but mindset, but then also like a little bit about the business of writing and publishing. What lessons are you kind of learning uh, that you'd want to share with our audience? That I should have spent more time in English class in high school paying attention. i don't i don't have a college degree um you know i've mentioned before i practically flunked out of english in high school you know i did pretty good in spanish but um english was not you know because i wasn't interested in the mechanics of it and i really pay for that now um i mean i think i've learned and i've grown a lot but um you know, if you don't have the basics down, you're going to pay a lot for editing, and you got to learn from the editors, or it's going to keep being super expensive. So, um, not only have I learned, you know, the proper way to punctuate and do dialogue tags, you know, I, I somewhat now can remember what a dingling participle is, and you know, some other funny stuff back in the day that I never would have paid attention to. That's good. Now, how about how about related to the business side of publishing? What what are some kind of lessons you've learned? Obviously, having the day job, finding time to write in the cracks of your life, you know, producing all these books and finally making some money. What are you learning as far as business and publishing? The the biggest thing I don't know, that's still evolving for me. Um it used to be I never did any advertising, and then I went to some advertising. Now I'm kind of doing, you know, I'm kind of in the middle on that. Um, you got to have your advertising. You have to have a marketing plan in place. You know, I think understanding your market is a big part of the business. If you don't know that, I mean, you're just kind of fishing without knowing what's out there. Um good covers, good editing, you know, all stuff that everyone seems to want to do anyway. But, you know, you got to bring it all together in a way that works for you and the business. But the hard part for me, I guess, right now was the when I first went full-time was the taxes. Paying both sides of your Social Security, I, that was surprising. I put, I put enough aside, but... Um, that's something I see a lot of writers get uh, in trouble with. Yeah, no, I think that's really important that I, you know, I'd love to do get someone on here to, you know, it's an expert in taxes because, you know, you make some money and you're not sure what to do with it or you don't put it aside and then tax times comes and it's a big wake up, wake up call. No, I, I love what you're saying about just the business side. Cause I think one of the, the things that our audience needs to hear is having a plan is that I don't think a lot of people have a plan now. I think one of the best plans is to first get that book out, um, mm-hmm. focus on getting it done. I think that's one of the hangups is we're worried about marketing and all these things, but we're still not finished with the book, you know, getting eyes on it, editing covers, all that formatting. Uh, but then saying, yeah, how am I going to get more eyeballs on my work? You know, writing that next book, having a marketing plan. I think all those things are, are things that writers are constantly frustrated by. But I think as a creative, you still need to wear the business hat. And you still need to figure out how to do it as a business or it's just going to be kind of a hobby. Uh, well, and one of the things I just thought of that I should have mentioned and didn't is 
You can make it easier on yourself if you can get Amazon's logarithms to take notice of you. And you can do that by publishing, you know, the 30, 60, 90 day cliffs um, and by writing in a series. That's, you know, one of the other tricks for getting more eyeballs on your books and keeping them sticky. But for me, that's part of the marketing stuff. Yeah, that that's that's what people don't really don't know about is that you can kind of get into that algorithm and let the algorithm kind of do its work. Um, you know, whatever platform you're on, and sometimes that's just writing more books. You know, hey, I have that one book. How come it's not doing anything? Well, it's, you wrote it three years ago. Um, right. So no, that's really helpful. Write in series. Um, let Amazon's algorithm do its thing. Um, that's good. So tell us one, uh, maybe one tool um, that you use. It could be any kind of tool, software or otherwise, that you find really helpful that maybe our audience w- should know about. Um, has anyone mentioned Vellum? Um, not <laughs> a ton. I think some people might know what it is, but tell us what that what Vellum is. Vellum is a formatting tool. Um, and if you've ever seen those you know, pretty books, the interiors are designed usually with something like InDesign. Um, you know, they make beautiful PDFs for paperback and stuff like that. Vellum does the same thing. And it makes it so incredibly easy that within 10 minutes of getting the program, you can put out an interior file for your ebook or your paperback that looks as good as anything out there. It is super intuitive. You know, I'm a PC guy. I've bought two Macs just to run this program. You know, I outgrew the first Mac and now i am uh, got a little bit more powerful one. Yeah, Vellum is, um, I use Vellum too. I just started using it. Um, if you are a Mac user, you can get on there. Um, like Boyd said, if you need to buy a Mac, it almost might be worth it, even just a cheap one. Um, they Well, and if you're spending 50 to $70 per book uh, on formatting and you write, you know, maybe five five books and the program's paid for, yeah. but you you don't even have to buy a Mac. You can get... Uh, the service is called Mac and Cloud, I believe, and it's like a dollar an hour, or you can rent time with a monthly plan. That's great. That's really helpful. Yeah, and I have you used the? Um, I think it has uh, the print option now, where the you just create the ebook and it automatically create creates a print file for you. Yes, I love it, <laughs> and that's a huge time saver if you've ever tried to create a print file. Um, format a print book it's a nightmare so yeah check out you can also set up elements in it where you can have it when it compiles the book ebook only or paperback only so you can have your front and back matter different and if you need to update back matter on your big backlist it's just drag and drop and re-upload and that's it beautiful beautiful i love that the efficiency of that um, that this is the the beauty of indie publishing is the change a typo to change back matter is just a click of a mouse often and you don't have to wait weeks it just takes a few hours so yeah check out vellum if you have it it's it's, it's a one time fee and then once it's paid you're you're done you can make as many books as you want they don't charge you extra um so along those lines give us one book recommendation um in fiction and then give us one in nonfiction, maybe related to craft or the business or mindset for writers. It could be anything, but one fiction book, one nonfiction book that our readers need to need to read. Um, nonfiction for writer friends that are listening, I would definitely say uh, I have to give you three. 
And I already mentioned Rachel Aaron's 2K to 10K. Mm -hmm. I would also have to bring up Chris Fox's uh, 5K an hour. And finally, uh, Libby Hawker's um, Take Off Your Pants, or Take Your Pants Off. I can't remember exactly. But it's about plotting for pantsers, which has helped me go faster. So wonderful. Um, and I've had uh, Chris Fox and Libby Hawker on the show. So I know you're a big fanboy. So go back and listen to those episodes. It'll change your life. But um, no, both of them were on here um, talking about their, their process too. Yeah. Yes. Great resources. I'd love to get Rachel Aaron on here, but yeah. Give us a fiction book. Um, my favorite still is probably the stand by Stephen King. Or are you talking one of mine? Yeah, well, I was going to say any book but yours, but of course people need to go buy your books. But okay, tell me, tell yeah. me why you like the stand. I, I love the stand, by the way. Um, you're you're in my camp here. Um, tell the tell the reason. I think it holds up really well. It was written years and years ago. Um, mm-hmm. But but tell me what you love about the stand. How realistic I think a lot of that was, even though it really delves into fantasy. Um, you know how the collapse happened people's reactions, the panic, the, you know, all the complexities in the story. Um, you know, he really dug deep into the trash can man, um, someone that clearly wasn't all the way there. I mean, I'm sure that wasn't an easy thing to do, but holy cow. Um, how it kind of started off like a, uh, a plague dystopian book and ended up like a weird Western I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, no, it it, it just kind of hits all these different genres, and I, I actually didn't read it till a few years ago, and and I was amazed how well it did actually stand up and the, dealing with some of the issues that going on in the world and and things. But yeah, just a brilliant. I mean, unfortunately, it's really really long, but um, it, I think it's worth the the investment. Great. So Stephen King's The Stand, go check that out, and obviously all of Boyd Craven's books and. Uh, Rachel Aaron's 2K to 5K, uh, 10K, 10K. excuse me. Um, Chris Fox's book, um, 5K book, and then Libby Hawker's book on outlining is are their fantastic resources. I'll put all those in the show notes so you guys can check those out. So, boy, tell me, what are you most excited about in your writing career right now? Like, what are you working on? What are you thinking about? What, what's kind of getting you up in the morning when you think about your writing career? The, well, fear. <laughs> That's what wakes me up. <laughs> I'm going to wake up one day and it's all over. So, I don't know. That's kind of a good motivator for me. I wake up and know that I have to keep writing and, you know, it's what I do for a living now. It's what supports the family. So, you know, it's kind of easy for me to, you know, look at my scratch pad and, and see how many sprints I've done and, it does a lot to take the anxiety away of worrying about whether it's all going to go away or it was all a big dream, you know, it's proof right there that you're doing it. So that's really great advice. Cause I think we, we live under this assumption that it's just going to be the same. You know, if I just do what I did last time or this series is going to hit like the way it did last time. I love that. Just kind of workman mentality. I call it the, the hard hat creative. We put on our hard hat every day and we just get to work and we just keep writing the words. 
there's so many, um, you know, just as a way of encouragement to our audience, there's so many, uh, you know, even traditionally published authors that had that big hit and they never really wrote again or never had that same kind of success and ended up just kind of giving up. And, and I think one of the things I'm learning from you and from other uh, authors on our show is you just have to keep going and, and keep writing. And, and sometimes we don't know why certain things hit and why certain things resonate. Um, but if you don't have those books in the world, you know, there's really not an opportunity for those books to resonate. Right. So that's what kind of keeps me going. <laughs> any uh, any exciting book series ideas that you're kind of playing with? You go, you know, I, I'm getting kind of excited about this. Um, talk to us a little bit about that. What do you have coming down the pipe? What I'm working on right now is the sequel to One Man's Opus. Um, that was the one that did real well for me this spring. Um, that's coming down the pipeline. I've got a pen name book I just got covers on today. And the other really fun and exciting thing, it's not exactly a book, but I'm going to the Nink Conference in Florida. So Great. I'll be able to meet up with a lot of my author friends that I don't get to see very often face-to-face. So Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, that's huge. Um, interacting with actually real live humans and authors and networking is, is important. Um, mm-hmm. Great. Look forward to hearing more about that book as it as it comes out, seeing it coming out. So, Boyd, you're wandering in a dystopian world, and mm-hmm. you you find a microphone, and this microphone is live, and you have an opportunity to tell the world, some drop some writer truths on the world, maybe one, maybe two, maybe three. What would what would you want to say to the world as far as becoming a prolific writer? What would those truths be? Even though, uh, well, I'm trying to think how to say this. You're never going to know if you're going to hit or miss unless you put yourself out there. Um, a lot of people have written a book and then threw it, in the sh- you know, threw it on the shelf and never looked at it again or it sits on the hard drive. You're never going to know if you're going to hit or miss until you, know, you actually publish it. And finishing a book is hard. But I know a lot of people that have finished books that have you know, been too scared to take the plunge. You know, for me, that's why in the beginning, I didn't realize my series had took off um, because following it too closely, you know, I, I would care too much. It, you know, what if it failed like everything else did? You know, who knows? <laughs> so, um, but if you don't publish or attempt to get it published, you know, if you're going the traditional route, um, you're never going to know if you're going to make it. So just do it. I mean, I hate to be a Nike cliche, but just get it done. Man, that's, that's exactly what this show is about. It's, it's putting yourself out there. It's taking the risk. It's how are you going to know if it's any good, if you never really share it, you never finish. That's what I want our audience to hear time and time again. And I think we just live with these fears, as you said, Um, Mm. maybe your fears are a little different uh, these days, but but it's that fear of failure and you just don't know. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you heard of Brandon Sanderson. Um, you know, he wrote 15 full length fantasy novels, you know, a hundred thousand word novels before anyone even, even know, knew he existed. Now he's a best selling author. And, and that's think about how much work that was. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And but you know, I love that. Just just getting yourself out there, taking the risk. And I think for a lot of us, uh, most people listening probably have day jobs. Is that you have that safety net? You don't have to do this to provide for your family. You're in a little different situation now, but. But you know, right now when you're experimenting and, and thinking about getting the words out there, it's just just do it. You have that safety net. You don't have to worry about you know I'm going to lose my job or lose my income. It's already there. So so take those risks. Find the time. Get it done. Um, mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. So tell us um, just kind of as we as we wrap up here. Tell us you mentioned a little bit of what you're working on. Um, and then also kind of where should people start when they're going to read a Boyd Craven series or a book. Um, so tell us what you're working on and then kind of where can people kind of jump in and find you and, and get, get some of the Boyd Craven, uh, goodness in their lives. Well, um, a good book, I guess on mine to start would be the world burns. I've got it. It's a novella. It's set up, uh, for free. It's a uh, perma free. Um, the first five of those are pretty much standalone. And then from there, uh, a lot of my novels start going back and forth with the main series, and a lot of the characters have their own stories that tie back and forth. By the time you get done with the World Burns series, um, you'll realize there's probably, like I think, six or seven novels that directly tie into the book. And at the end of the book, they all kind of come together. So um, if you start with the first one... Um, I think you'll get a good taste of the kind of stuff I write. And Great. then what was the, the next part of your question? Yeah. So you, you started, you mentioned a little bit earlier, like what you're working on, what products you kind of, what do you have coming out in the near future? Oh, um, I've got a romance under a pen name that's coming out soon. I've got, um, the sequel to one man's opus. Um, I've got a story, uh, that I did for permuted press. um, it's got a working title called Outside the Fire. I'm not sure if that's going to be what it is or not, but uh, that's finished and edited and it's with them and you know we're working on the release schedule. And then after that, um, I don't have any big deep plans. I'm going to try to bang out some sequels that fans have been asking for, but I'm going to sit down with my book and start doing some basic outlines. Well, great. Great. Sounds like you got a lot of great things going on. And uh, Boyd, thank you so much for um, coming on the show. And and before we go, where's the best place that people can find you and your work? Uh, most of my stuff is on Amazon. Um, then the best place to find me is on my website at boydcraven.com or on Facebook. Is it just Boyd Craven on, on Facebook? Yeah. Yeah, and if you run across junior or senior, that's dad and grandpa. I never expected dad and grandpa to get their own Facebook 10 years ago. Right on. So. <laughs> and isn't it true, isn't your dad writing some books too, I heard? Uh-huh, yep. He went from nonfiction to fiction. Great. So Must be in the bloodstream. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, thanks, Boyd, for coming on. You have uh, helped a lot of writers um, sharing your story, sharing tons of, of great value and content and insight and wisdom. Thanks for being vulnerable and sharing your ups and downs. I'm really thankful that you could come on today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, there you have it, everyone. What a fantastic interview with Boyd Cravens. And 
dropped some great sage advice on us today. I, I love talking to Boyd. It was such a great privilege. I'm glad it worked out. We had some technical difficulties a few weeks ago, and so it was good to have him back on the show and just hear his journey, hear just the way he, he went from the day job to making a living and taking care of his family and just how he continues to crank out the words as process. Hopefully that really helped you to think about that. And hey, before we go today, I, I know I ask for this a lot, but this really helps us get the word out. And I'm really just so blessed and privileged, all the great comments and feedback on the show and how everyone's enjoying it. Uh, but go leave a review on iTunes if you get a chance. If you listen on iTunes, go just just say, hey, I really like the show. Five stars. Love it. Um, if it's one star, hey, that's fine too. Maybe you hated it. Um, I'm okay with that. But, but leave a review. Love for the world to get to know this show and be inspired by all these great interviews and get those words out onto the page. If you listen elsewhere, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, wherever you listen to the show, just leave a review. Love, love to um to, to hear from you. And, and secondly, um, check out those, those resources on the website, the prolific writer.net. Go check out those cheat sheets, go check out the email course. Love for you to enjoy those. And hopefully it serves you in a million ways. And Hey, I'm Ryan J. Pelton. This is the prolific writer. I'm going to talk to you guys real, real soon and go and get those words on the page. Have you tried finding tickets for any live event lately? It's impossible to keep up, and prices are crazy. That's why you have to check out Gold Star. Gold Star makes it easy to discover the best in live entertainment in your city with instant access to awesome events and special ticket deals. Concerts, live theater, comedy, dance, food fests, immersive experiences. You name it, Gold Star has access to special deals you won't find anywhere else with savings of 50% or more. Go to goldstar.com and use code DCPOD to save $10 on your first purchase. That's goldstar.com, code DCPOD, to save $10. 